on this episode of In Case You're Wondering, we will be talking about cookie swaps, the top three cookies, and many more things like words with friends, uh, the word of the year according to Oxford Dictionary, and British TV shows. So, let's just get into it. So this week we're going to talk about um, a few things, uh, but we're really going to start the conversation off with cookies. Uh, cookies are one of my favorite things. Uh, there's a cookie swap going on at my place of employment, um, and I never do it. Um, some people think I'm a Scrooge, and uh, you know here's the reason why. Uh, there has never been a cookie swap that I've done where I've left going, wow, I just got quality cookies. You know, and that's not to be a, uh, a jerk about other people's cookie-making ability, um, but some people really don't, how do I say this, don't put in the effort needed. There's two main ingredients to cookies, love and effort. Everyone knows that, and when there isn't one of those two things, or if there is no love or effort, you know, you leave a cookie swap putting in more effort and love than the other person did. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this and... You're going, wow, I've never had a bad cookie at a cookie swap. This is awkward because now what has happened is you now realize that people probably think this about you, right? If you're the one going, yeah, I've never had a bad cookie, you're the one giving out the bad cookie. There, there are no such things as successful cookie swaps. I, I can't be convinced off that point. Um, you know, and, and like people make – so I ask people on, on – social media, you know, what are your top three favorite cookies? And none of those cookies that would be in the top three for the majority of people ever make it to a cookie swap. It's all like these random, like, dry sugar cookies with no frosting. or anything. It's just like, here, have really dry cookie dough in the shape of a gingerbread man. That's what it is, you know? And it's so, you know, I asked a lot of people um, what their favorite cookies are. Some that came up, chocolate chip, Thin Mint, and M&M's. Now, um, I guess my only thing about that is, what's the difference between chocolate chip cookies and M&M cookies? I mean, aren't M&M's really just, like, chips of chocolate? So I guess, like, that, that seems redundant. You're just getting the same thing. Just, I guess it has more color, I guess. So, that's whatever. Uh, peppermint chocolate cookies made the list. Wow, someone really likes... Peppermint chocolate cookies. We got chocolate crinkle cookies, chocolate chip with Heath bars in them, and overnight cookies. This person said it because it reminded them of their mother, which is cute. But I don't know what overnight cookies are. So I guess I guess I I, I can't put that in my top three. Chocolate chip cookies with Heath bar. I like Heath bar, but you're just adding too much to chocolate chip cookies. Normally, like with pizza and stuff, the more the better. So the more toppings, the better, in my opinion. Um, my wife disagrees. She's like a cheese pizza person because if it's a good pizza, it doesn't need more toppings. I actually feel that way about cookies. The less, the better, right? So just chocolate chips, 
uh, just other things in it. Uh, but when you load it up, then that becomes a problem. Um, Christy Oliveris wrote Toll House, trying to be funny. So, Christy, I didn't laugh, so sorry. And I don't really believe that Toll House cookie is your favorite cookie. That's a cop-out. Um, let's see, Snail Cookie, a cinnamon sugar croissant roll cookie. It's an old family recipe for that person. So, And then they like cutout cookies. Again, it seems too easy to me. Uh, oatmeal chocolate chip, chocolate chip, and a peanut butter with a Hershey kiss in the middle. Yeah, see, I've got a lot of those. And the only problem with that one, I do actually like those. The only problem with those, that those tend to be too dry for me. I don't like, I don't like uh, dry cookies. And then, oh wow, uh, Joshua Balser, anything from Auntie, anything from Auntie, oh, and something from Uncle Tim. Sounds like he's looking for some uh, Christmas cookies this year. A little brown nosing. Uh, I, I can appreciate a little brown nosing. Uh, his auntie does make amazing cookies, so. Uh, but yeah, so for me, my top three favorite, and I, I've been I've been getting a little backlash from the people that already know about this. Uh, just like the Christmas episode I just did about the the top three holidays, um, I'm not afraid to go off the beaten path here, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna say right now, chocolate chip cookies do not make my top three. Okay, I'm gonna get it out there. They don't make the top three. You know, I'm sorry if that offends people. Actually, I'm not sorry if that offends people. That's a ridiculous thing to get offended about. Um, here's the reason why. So there are so many other cookies that most people pass on to get to the chocolate chip cookies. And what I've realized is you're just passing on greatness. I get to now enjoy all these great cookies. So here's my list. Not in any particular order, but my top three cookies. Oatmeal raisin. Now, with this, people are like, whoa, you are ridiculous. Oatmeal raisin is an amazing cookie. Stop hating on it. Okay? Oatmeal raisin is, is the dark horse of all cookies. It's, gonna, it, it's like, uh, for you sports fans, it's like that one guy on a team where he might not statistically be a star, but attitude-wise, hustle-wise, energy-wise, he's an all-star. That's what the oatmeal raisin is. Uh, if you want to add chocolate chips, great. If you don't, that's okay too. I like either way. So, uh, my second favorite cookie is a snickerdoodle cookie. Give me snickerdoodle all day. Those always, I've never had a dry snickerdoodle. I, w I would imagine that a dry snickerdoodle is no snickerdoodle at all. I don't know what, a sn I don't know what snickerdoodle is. All I know, I, I honestly have no idea what is on a snickerdoodle cookie, uh, except for greatness. That is, that is probably, ooh, that's, that might be my top overall cookies is Snickerdoodle. I'm willing to budge for another cookie, but right now, Snickerdoodle is where it's at. And finally, a gingerbread cookie. Oh, now, here's the thing about that. Gingerbread cookies need to be soft. Don't give me the hard gingerbread cookies. You know, don't get it all dressed up as a gingerbread man. No, just give me the gingerbread cookie. That's all I need, okay? So, oatmeal raisin, put chocolate chips in it, don't, whatever. That's in there. Snickerdoodle and gingerbread cookies. Those are my top three. Uh, again, if you ever want to do a cookie swap with me, don't even bother asking. I'm not going to do it. It's just, it's just not on my things to ruin my life with, you know?
again, you've, it's the same with gift swaps around this time. You never leave a gift swap with something good. Actually, that's not true. I left with, um, I think it was like a 24-pack of really good beer, like IPAs. Um, I think it was like Finest Kind IPA. That was pretty good. That was, I'm trying to think. I think that was it. That's the only thing I've ever walked away with going, wow. I really made off like a bandit here. So, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I know a lot of people would probably be offended by this, but it is what it is. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to get into a weird headline. Every week I like to read weird headlines, so let's get... All right, so this uh, article comes from CNN, so it must be reliable. Um, I can never remember... I just feel like everybody thinks everything's fake news. So anytime I get these articles, I'm like, I have no idea if these are real. So if CNN is real, then this should work. So Youthquake, named Word of the Year by Oxford Dictionaries. So first thing about this uh, headline here is two things. Um, I didn't know that Oxford Dictionaries is a Word of the Year. And I also didn't know Youthquake was a word. So I've learned, I've already learned a lot. I don't even, sometimes what I do, now for those that do know me, I'm pretty lazy when it comes to um, teaching myself things or learning, uh, <laughs> hence why, never mind, I'm not going there. Um, so yeah, I didn't know youthquake, youthquake was a word, and I feel like I've learned so much that I don't need to read any more of this article, but for you guys I will. So, it says that Oxford Dictionaries have crowned Youthquake as its word of 2017, in a nod to the unexpected level of youth engagement in this summer's election in the United Kingdom. An amalgamation of youth and earthquake, the noun is defined as, quote, a significant, significant culture, political or social change arising from the actions or influence of young people. So, all right, that's what a youthquake is. Um, I, I'm interested in, like, these types of words that happen, like, um, I'll probably do a whole episode one time on how words are created and, and why. But youthquake, to me, seems like a pretty dumb word. You know, like, I wouldn't be like, wow, there's a real youthquake out here in regards to, like, a, a political thing or a social thing. But apparently that's a thing. This seems very um, UK-ish. They always think, like, they always think like they're better than everybody else. Here's the thing. Uh, my wife, this is kind of a side tangent, only because of the UK thing. My, my wife has started watching The Crown on Netflix. And I've what's been revealed in my life is that I can't stand British people. I'm sure they're really nice. You know, it's not, it's not them that I can't stand. It's their, their uh, accent and their voices, especially the really rich ones. Why do they need to sound the way they do? I told my wife, I said, they constantly sound like they're better than everybody else, and they're really not, if we're, if we're being honest. Like, I told her, I said, all they do, apparently, is call their secretaries and go to the gardens. That that's it. That's all I ever hear them doing. So I'm a little sick of her watching that show when I'm around because it just makes me very frustrated, you know. And I'm not a big monarchy guy. I think that was another thing that's been revealed. I would have been really good 
in the Revolutionary War. I, I, the whole monarchy thing drives me crazy. So, but yeah, back to youthquake. Uh, youthquake is a word. Also, I've been playing a lot of words with friends recently, so I'm going to see if youthquake is a word because with the Y, the Q, the K in there, man, imagine, imagine the points you could get. You know, a little side tangent again. This is going to be a side tangent episode. Uh, I play words with friends, and I'll admit it, I'm not that great at it. I like playing it, though. It's one of those games I'm okay with not being great at. But I'll tell you what, it is very deflating to be two or three words in with your opponent, and you already know it's over. You know, like, uh, for instance, my mother is a wizard, apparently, at Words of Friends, and... Uh, about two or three words into every game we play, I'm like, well, this game's over. I might as well uh, see if I can learn any new words by throwing random letters together. That's how my vocabulary has now expanded, is because of Words with Friends. So, uh, yeah, so if you are playing Words with Friends, if you want to sound culturally relevant, um, if you if you want to be hip like the youths, uh, use the word youthquake. I'm sure they're using it. That seems like a very youth thing to say. And I, I feel like when they're, um, you know, in their 40s or 50s and they got their own kids and they're like, you know, back when I was a kid, I was, I was, a, real, I was a real mover in the youth quake. You know, I feel like that's something they would, they would have to say to, make, to make, them sound, make them sound cooler than they really are. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's today's weird headline. Uh, if you didn't know, youth quake is a word. Use it in words words with friends. It's going to be a big point, big point getter, okay? Also, if you feel like you're getting older, just somehow involve yourself in a youthquake. Maybe I'll, hey, here's an idea. I'm going to start my own youthquake. Um, I'm going to figure out what the heck that even is, and then I'm going to start my own youthquake with late 20s, early 30s individuals. That's just that's just the age group I'm going with because those are the people I mainly hang out with. So, sorry for you who don't fit into that age bracket. You can't be a part of my youth quake or young adult quake. Boom. That's going to be the word of 2018 by Oxford Dictionary. Young adult quake. So, boom. There it is. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to another episode. Um, please, please, please go on to iTunes, subscribe. Um, leave a review, leave a, a five-star rating. Well, I mean, you could leave a one-star rating if you'd like. Anywhere in between one to five stars, leave a rating. I'd, I'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you want to hear a subject uh, to talk about on this episode, let me know. Um, again, I've got some um, interviews coming up. We're going to spread them out over the, over the course of the year um, to keep you thirsting for them. Uh, we don't want to oversaturate you guys with too many uh, interviews, so I'm aiming for once a month having an interview. I can tell you right now, my parents have no choice but to be interviewed for this episode, uh, for this podcast. So I can tell you that it will be entertaining. Um, you know, a couple other people I have scheduled to come on here, they'll be really cool. So uh, please subscribe, please tell your friends, share it on Facebook, social media, anything, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat your friends, have a youth quake of social media. So again, thank you very much for subscribing, for listening, tell your friends, and have a great weekend.